Well, hello, and welcome to yet another episode of The Other Ground Live. Um, Passive J, once again, uh, Big Dalton is not here today. Apparently his internet sucks, so he cannot get on to join us. So it will be a solo show. Uh, hopefully it won't be too horrible for you guys. I see the OG armies forming up in the chat box. Uh, always happy to have you guys along for the ride. Uh, since I don't have uh, Ryan to ask how his day went, I'll just let you guys know how mine went. It went fan-fucking-tastic, to be honest with you. Busy day at work. Starting to feel like a regular day at my job, uh, despite the fact, uh, despite all the different COVID restrictions. Uh, uh, fucking dining was was big today. We had lots of reservations for dinner, and the golf course was packed. It was just great. Uh, <laughs> Fatty's saying I need to get an intro for when, you, when I'm solo. Yeah, you know, hopefully we won't have to do that. Uh, uh, Ryan's normally really good about making a show. This is it obviously is not his fault. So that, 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 that he had a power outage and the power outage somehow or another affected the internet, uh, for everyone in that area. So, uh, everyone moved from internet to their cell phones. So, uh, the cell phones are really overloaded. He said he tried to download the Podbean app on his phone, like all day yesterday and today it wouldn't even download. It was so slow. So, uh, it is what it is. And yeah, hopefully we will not have the need for a, a different intro when it's just me doing it. But we'll see how that works out. Uh, that being said, uh, I don't have much in the way of topics again, because as I mentioned, I was working today and it was a busy as fuck. But I'm sure we can find a couple of things to talk about here today. You feel free to have anybody call in that wants to join me on the show. Oh, all right. Camicon's here. Dude, anytime you want to call in, we'll go ahead and do your report. Huh. Speak of the devil. How are you doing today, sir? Good, buddy. How are you? I am excellent, except for the whole no co-host thing, which is kind of a bummer, but what are you going to do? It's all good, man. It's all good. Right on. Are you here to do your weekly report, sir? I am. I am. Let's uh, let's start it for the week of 8-7-2020, the MAGA weekly report. Um, let's go 1 to 10, or let's go 10 to 1, I should say. Number 10, go. let's mm -hmm. go uh, jobs, 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 1.8 million jobs added in July. That actually mm -hmm. beats the estimate of 1.4 million. Well, that's always uh, a number good thing. Nine, yeah, absolutely. Number nine on the MAGA list, the unemployment rate has fallen to 10%, which is a hell of a lot lower than the 18% it was a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. NASDAQ hits another high. Can't, uh, can't, the, the 401ks between the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 just continue to, uh, well, at least my wife's does continues to go up that's fantastic all right uh the next one is the mlb and nba ratings disaster after both of the leagues pandered to the scum that's known as the black lives matter movement mm -hmm. go ahead sir and uh, i got no comment on that one <laughs> i don't watch either of them, so i don't care <laughs> no no problem man uh number number five on the list the og live rating spikes with uh, og mastermind carrick interview that was, oh, uh, that was quite a thing to behold. Yeah, that was a fucking awesome day. Uh, I, and, and you're right. And you're right. And the ratings did go up quite a bit for uh, that quite a bit. We had lots of downloads. It was a very popular episode. Absolutely, brother. All right. Number next one on the list. Joe Biden. Uh, creepy Joe continues to hide in the basement. Makes numerous racial incoherent remarks during his multiple interviews. <laughs> okay. Any, any, any comment on that? No, I, you know, I'm not really super political. Uh, if I had, sure. if I had my choice, I wouldn't be voting for either of them to be honest with you, but, um, it, it is what it is. So I'll be placing my vote in November and I'm not going to tell anybody who I vote for. Got it, brother. And the next one, uh, 
New York City AG files suit against the NRA to try to dissolve them. What she doesn't realize, at least in my opinion, is that it's going to likely to increase GOP votes in quite a few of the states. And mm, most okay. likely, it, it won't change much in the blue states, maybe some congressional mm-hmm. races or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think overall, I think in the swing states, it'll be a good turnout for the, uh, uh, for the GOP, in, in my opinion. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So number three on the list, uh, President Trump signs executive order to ban TikTok if not sold to a company in the next 30 days. Uh, Microsoft is, I guess, number one in the runnings. There's a few companies looking at it. But, uh, yeah, if, if nothing happens in 30 days, it's officially banned here in the States. Wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah, I never uh, did I never did I think there would be a day in my life when the president was uh, banning phone apps. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, man. I, I think it goes far beyond that. I think it's the data mining by China. I think he's just trying to be safe on that. And, right, that's sensible. He, yeah, yeah, that does yeah, make sense. Absolutely. Number two, and uh, mm-hmm. people should appreciate this one. Uh, Jimmy 23's MAGA Christians mock Vietnam vet thread is still alive after who knows for two years now after Jimmy refuses to take the loss on it. It's alive and well, and I think it's almost at 3,000 uh, 3, hits on it, maybe even more than that. Uh, so that, that, in my opinion, is almost made the number one, but number one's always the same. So that's, that's my number two for the week. Okay. And if number one's all the same, why don't you let us have it? Last but certainly not least, Donald J. Trump is still your president. <laughs> you know, I told you, I've mentioned multiple times that I don't really do politics uh, and, and you do do politics, obviously. Sure, so sure. I, I had a, I had a question a week or two ago when I was uh, doing a solo show, I was just uh, ranting and raving and it was about something about politics that I don't really understand. And maybe you can help sure. me out with this. Yeah, yeah. Um, the object of politics is, you know, the reason people are in the power are in the politics is because they have a side that they believe is better than the other side. Correct. Sure. Okay. Um, that being the case, the best thing you could possibly do for your side is to convince other people to come to your side. Uh, and that's not what I seem to see with all kinds of, with all the political talks I see. Mostly I see people making fun of the opposite, opposite side and calling them names. And you're never going to get somebody to agree with you by doing that. Um, so am I missing the point of this? Wouldn't, you know, uh, and that's, by the way, that's not just you. Uh, I don't, I don't, I mentioned, I don't really read, I don't really read political threads, but I just see on on Twitter and all these other spots, both sides insulting the other party. None of them seem to be trying to convince that, that party to be on their side. I truly think it used to be like that, um, before social media, before everything, especially Mm -hmm. before Trump, before Obama, I think there was a a middle ground that left or the right, forget the center. I mean, there's always going to be that portion in the center that is going to be in the center no matter what. Right. But the left and the right, I think there were a group or, or a percentage of them that could be persuaded. I think in the last 12 years, I think that's all gone by the wayside. In fact, when Obama was first elected, of course, I voted for, for Romney and, and for McCain, even though I look back now and I'm like, you know, what, what the, what the hell was I doing voting for those guys? Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was willing at the beginning to give Obama a chance. You know, what he did in the next, you know, seven years after I said the hell with him, it, you know, made me say he had no business being president. But I think 
the way it's gone in the last 12 years or at least 10 years, I think there's not much more convincing the other side that, because they're not going to listen, because everybody nowadays thinks they're right, um, regardless of, of the situation. I mean, you could, you could have 10 people tell you wrong on something, and it's not going to matter. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think, you know, and, and of course I'm biased towards Trump and, and the right and everything like that, but I really think the left are their own biggest enemy right now. I think that um, Trump is Trump. Trump's always going to be Trump. You, you know, they're going to you're going to vote for him or you're not. And you know, he's the same guy as he was when he was first elected. He's done, in my opinion, he's done a lot for the country. But the left has gone so far left that it's they're almost in crazy town right now. And I mean, I've seen numerous guys on the OG. That not in a million years would I think they would say, hey, I'm voting for, you know, I'm voting for Trump or I'm voting, I'm not voting for Biden, that it's actually happening. You've got guys saying, hey, the left's gone completely insane and I'm not voting for him. I'm not voting for Biden. I mean, Biden is not the same Biden that he was 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. Biden has adopted, you know, the the four you know, the four broads, I forget, uh, for the life of me, I can't think of what they're called. Um, you know, like uh, AOC and her group. Right, right. Um, he's adopted all their stances. So, I mean, they are extreme. They are extreme in their, you know, open borders and, you know, uh, you know, not, you know, illegals getting umpteen benefits, getting, a, you know, a, a, a monthly wage for doing nothing. I mean, things crazy stuff. And I think right. that's what's stopping people from actually looking and saying, Hey, well, that's, you know, I just don't think, I, I think the left right now, like I said, are their own biggest enemy. I think people are going to vote for Trump. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, it's my, opinion. well, well, that being the case, why do you think people are posting stuff like that now? Just basically because they like to find people that agree with them. So there are stances because as you, as you mentioned, you're not convincing the other side of anything. So, so to yeah, me, that think, part of the entire thing is kind of pointless. I just, well, well, for one, it's, it's, you know, fun to get under people's skin. Number one. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't, I don't really, I, I do it because I enjoy it. I enjoy posting it. I enjoy, you know, people liking my posts. Um, you know, I don't in a million years think I'm going to get guys like, you know, Ryan or, or Ninja or any of those guys to say, all right, you know what? Cammy's right. He's going to vote for, you know, I'm going to vote for Trump. It's just not going to happen. I mean, they're, they're setting their ways. They don't like Trump and Trump could cure cancer tomorrow and they still wouldn't vote for him. I mean, it's just, right. it's just the way it is. And I'm not, you know, those guys are great guys. I have no problem having beers with them. But you're not really going to convince anybody that doesn't like Trump to vote for him. It's just not going to happen. I right, mean, it's just, right. you know, it's, it's just like asking me to vote for Biden. Right. I mean, there's, I, nothing I I, there's nothing I could say that would make you do that. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. It, 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 but, but here's – see – but I don't consider myself cra- in crazy town over it. If Biden came out tomorrow and he says, hey, you know what? Elect me. We found a cure for cancer. Elect me, you know, you know, I'd, or, or elect me and, and this is going to happen or this is going to happen. Um, 
I'd be really torn whether to vote for him or not. It's just one of those things. I mean, for guys with Trump, it's an entire different thing. Trump, like I said, could cure cancer, could, could say, hey, everybody's getting $3,000 a month from here on out. And people, the left and the media would say, well, it's not $5,000 a month. Uh, you know, right. Trump cure cancer. Hey, he didn't, he didn't cure Alzheimer's. Yeah, and I, I he didn't s- cure ALS. Right. You know what I right. mean? I mean you, and, and I can see that. See, yeah. And, you know, I'll to be honest with you, while I'm very, uh, while I'm very non-political, there are certain things that I have firm stances on. Like I'm not a big fan of, uh, government handouts. Someone once posted something on, uh, I think it was socialism and they made a couple bullet points that really made a good, good thing. You cannot give somebody something without taking it from somebody else. And that's so to me, you know, socialism in that entire, you know, we all work together we all get the same thing. It just doesn't work. Um, and a lot of the left's ideas kind of tend to lean in that direction. Uh, you can't let, and it comes right down to that. If you're giving someone something for free, you're taking it away from someone who earned it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you've got the left and that's, like I said, going back to what I said about, um, you know, the left kind of in crazy town right now, they're actually discussing socialism as if it's a good thing. All you have to do is look at a track record of it. You look at Venezuela, you look at different countries. I mean, socialism has been a disaster uh, for the most part. Um, You know, you do, you do have a couple Scandinavian countries that have it, but they're, they're able to have it just because their population is so low and they can, they can afford to do it. But socialism in the U S is just a disaster way to have it. Yeah, 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 and you know the concept is wonderful. I socialism in a perfect world would be great, uh, but the entire you know thing where everyone gets the same things, no matter how hard they work or how hard they don't work, is just not realistic. Is as soon as you give someone the opportunity to not work hard and still get the same thing, ninety percent of the uh, population is going to take it, or maybe not ninety percent, but a large percentage, a, a large enough percentage that it wouldn't work. Uh, like you said, with Venezuela and all that good shit, it's just in most cases, unless you have a very unusual uh, base to start off with, you're, people are going to take advantage of it. Absolutely right, man. I saw somebody on the news the other day talk about, I forget who it was, talking about how, you know, there, there, there'd be different levels of so, you know, socialism. If somebody had a higher income, they'd get maybe a better beach house, you know, or, or this and that. And that's not socialism. You know, there's not there's not really levels. You have the ruling class, and then you have the peons. Everybody, of course, is supposed to be the same, but that's not how it works. Right, um, right. In, in reality, it's just you're always going to have the ruling class. You're always going to have the the serfs or the peons that get that get the peanuts. And like yeah, you said, yeah. you know, why, why should if it's a socialist country, why should I work sixty years? And this is back when I was working, of course. And I used to when I was doing mortgages or doing insurance. I was working 60, 70 hours a week. When I had my bar, I was working 120 hours a week, believe it or not. But, you know, why am I going to work 60, 70 hours a week if, you know, I'm going to make the same as somebody that doesn't work at all? You know, it it just doesn't, in my book, it's just, it's ridiculous to even have that thought. And and the fact that it's actually, socialism is getting play nowadays and actually is discussed as a serious subject, it's just crazy to me. Yep, yep. And the other, the other thing that I'm strong on, uh, 
politically speaking, because most of the stuff I either don't care or I don't care enough to get into an argument with people about it. Uh, as we, we were talking about before, I'm going to think what I'm going to think and they're going to think what they're going to think. But my other pet peeve is uh, illegal immigration. Um, that just annoys me to no fucking end. I think it's because I work with a ton of people that are from other countries, but they got here legally. Uh, at the sure. country club I work at, the uh, most of the staff is Mexican in the in the kitchen. Most of the staff in the groundskeeper groundskeeping is uh, Mexican. Uh, a good portion of our busboys are from the Middle East, uh, from Iraq, uh, Bangladesh, um, and a couple other other countries that I can't pronounce the names of. <laughs> Heck, our our uh, clubhouse manager is from France. You know, he he immigrated and you know took did the uh, entire you know process to become an American citizen. Uh, sure. Our our fucking bartenders from Scotland. Um, you know, there's almost very few of the people that I actually work with are originally from the United States and they're all awesome people. And I've had conversation with, with them, how they think it's wrong for all these people just to come in and, and, you know, not have to go through the process. It's unfair to the people that did it the right way. Um, legal immigrants are some of the biggest proponents of legal immigration and opponents to legal immigration. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and it's, I, I lived in Southern California for the first 30 years of my life. So I saw it firsthand what it does. And my, my family still lives there. And it's, it's pretty much, uh, my, my mother lives in Riverside. My sister lives in Valencia. My mother sees it firsthand. I talk to her all the time and it's just rampant. I mean, it's, it's literally, like going to TJ, my buddies and I used to go to TJ when I was, you know, late teens, early twenties, uh, for, you know, beer and stuff like that. But, right, right. um, but it's just, it's rampant and you know, that's the whole, um, yes, Montreal just scored, um, hockey. Um, <laughs> but, but it's just, it, it's rampant. And that's the, when the whole wall thing gets in, you know, comes in the, comes in a conversation, um, it's, I, I just find that it doesn't, and you, you hear the proponents of illegal immigration say, well, they bring a whole bunch of, you know, income and tax dollars and blah, blah, blah to, you know, to the economy. Well, no, there's always like a huge windfall, uh, a huge shortfall on the money they actually put into the economy, especially in California. I think it was, 60 million or some ridiculous amount um, that there's a shortfall. It, it's huge. The difference in what they take to what they give to the actual economy. Right. And I don't even care about that that much. Obviously that's a problem, but my biggest thing is it just seems unfair to the people that did it the correct way. If you want to come to this country, cool. We're welcome to this country. I don't care if you've got skills or not skills. If you know, as long as you just go through the right process, uh, it just irks me that and yeah, that's that's a problem of mine in general. And we've talked about this before. I hate watching people break the rules. Well, once uh, if I would if I had the physical capacity, uh, I should have probably been a cop because it annoys me to no fucking end. To me, whenever someone breaks the rules, they're basically saying, "Yeah, you know, I'm better than everybody else. I don't have to pay attention to those rules." And that's just not fucking right. It is, that's not right in immigration. It's not right in any capacity. Rules are there for a reason. People don't make up rules just for no fucking reason. If there's a law, there's a good reason for that law. And you should probably be following that fucking law. So, and of course, yeah, I'm a hypocrite, just like everybody else. I've uh, broken laws before. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I try so to be a law-abiding citizen. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, everybody has. But I mean, that's uh, we're talking immigration and we're talking on such a mass scale that it, you know, ruins cities. So, mm-hmm. you know, and like like you said, the people you work with, they're the huge, huge proponent of legal immigration, just like the the, you know, uh, Hisp- the resident, the resident Hispanics in California. They hate illegal immigration, too, the ones that were born there. I mean, it's just. So, you know, it's frustrating. And that's honestly one of the reasons we moved out. My wife and I, we lived in Torrance uh, before we moved. And, you know, Torrance is right. If you don't know where it is, it's right there by a little towards Manhattan Beach, uh, Redondo Beach in that area. So it's a little less taken over from, you know, immigration. But all around, I could just see it was happening. This was, this was in the early 2000s that it was happening. And it's, you know, 10 times worse now. Right, right. And, and another issue is it gives you know, all the people that are here legally a bad look. I know tons of people there that hate illegal immigration. But because of that, they're just basically against foreigners in general. And they're basically doing themselves a great disservice because I feel my life is enriched by the fact that I know all these people from other countries and all other cultures. I think it makes me a better person, you know, to having known these people. And uh, there's all these people out there that hate illegal immigration so much. They just won't associate with any foreign person, regardless of how they entered the country. Yeah, that's ridiculous, dude. I mean, people people think that, um, you know because I'm Republican or because I'm a Trump guy that, you know, you, you post pro Trump thing that you're instantly racist and you hate everybody. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I mean, whether, you know, the, the, some of the cultures are fantastic, you know, you know, I don't, it's, it's, it's all depending on what portion you're looking at. And, you know, if they have a certain extreme value to them or this or that, I mean, it's, I've never looked at somebody and taken them not at face value or, you know, it's when they open their mouth and I hear what they have to say. That's when you, you know, tend to say, Hey, this person's a good dude or this person's an asshole. Right. 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 The way it's always been for me. Right. On a completely different subject. I heard you mention hockey. I, I know hockey kind (laughs) of, I live in the Detroit area. So obviously I have to know hockey. I've never been hugely into it, but it's one of the few spots sports that I'm familiar with. Uh, uh, what uh, game are you watching at the moment? So I'm right now watching uh, Montreal. It's a, it's a weird setup this year since, you know, because of the COVID lockdown. They're mm-hmm. doing play-in play games almost like a like – a, uh, I'm watching the, the Montreal Canadiens and Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh loses, even though they were the five seed, they're not going to be in the final eight in, the, in, the, uh, in their conference. Because normally, just like NBA, there's eight teams in each conference. But this season, it, it was the top four were automatically in, but then there were eight more in each conference that played for the next four spots. And just stop right. me from confusing you. It no, kinda, no, no. Kinda I, like, I, I, okay, kind of like a, the Pac-12 tournament because I'm on the West Coast. Pac-12 right. tournament, you have your four top seeds, and then you have the rest of the conference playing in. And, you know, then once the first games happen, then they play in. So you have um, actually six games going today. Uh, Pittsburgh was a pretty big favorite when the series starts. I think they were actually, because I also bet it, I think Pittsburgh was the biggest favorite of all the early games um, before the, the, the playoffs started. And they're, right. 
minute and a half short of, of losing the, you know, losing the series and getting kicked out of the playoffs. And the red, you know, your team, it sounds like your team and my team didn't make, didn't even make the, the playing games. I'm a lifelong Kings fan and you, you know, you're probably a Red Wings fan or at least you're probably right. the Red Wings, but. Uh, right. And that's what, that's why I was going to ask you what your favorite team was. Uh, and the Red Wings yeah. have fallen horribly over the, over the last couple few years as I, I barely pay attention to it anymore, but, uh, the reason I know that they're doing horribly is because they're not in my fucking face every day. When the Red Wings yeah. are doing well, that's all you fucking hear about in this town. <laughs> you know? yeah. you know, uh, Red Wings hockey used to, is, you know, back in the, uh, God, it was it in the early 2000s and the late 90s was a fucking hell of a thing, man. It was Dude, everywhere. That's, that's People- my, my favorite sporting event I ever went to, this is when the Kings um, were still pretty good before, or way earlier before they won the two championships mm-hmm. it was in 2000 either 2001 or 2002 i think 2001 my brother-in-law and i went to the king's red wings playoff series and the red wings were the two seed and the kings were the seventh seed mm. and the kings and it was just packed and kings ended up beating them in overtime in that game and won the series and upset them it was one, you know a huge upset one of two right yeah two. i remember that um yeah and uh I was so drunk. I let my brother-in-law take my car and I had to get a uh, taxi ride an hour long taxi ride home. Could barely tell oh, what was going, but you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that must've been pricey. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, uh, no, that's, uh, you know, it's playoff hockey's a whole different animal. You know, the, the season's so long, I think there's typically 83 games, but the playoffs are fantastic. Even, you know, even the, the, eight versus nine seed or the seven versus 10 seed games are fantastic. Do you remember back in the early two thousands? I think it was Fox did this thing where they put like this glowing orb around the puck and with like trails behind it so that people on TV could keep better track of it. Dude, I, I thought that was a great invention. I don't know I, why, they, why they did away with it. I don't know. Well, I think because I, I thought it was awesome as well. That's one of the things I don't like about hockey is it's really hard to follow sometimes, you know, it's like, Oh, the puck's there. Oh, nope. The puck's not over there. Oh, it's way over the puck there. Um, sure. But from what I understand the, the hardcore hockey people didn't want that shit, you know, it's based for them. Like it, it distracted from the game or something like that, or they just were so hardcore that they didn't want casuals having as much fun as them. I don't know what it was, but it, it didn't last very long. I don't, I'm not even sure if it made it a whole season. For, for me, it's, it's, you know, because I used to partake quite a bit of beer when I watched an events. I, you know, the wife would take me at nine o'clock in the morning, pick me up at five o'clock in the afternoon, and I drink beer all day. And it was much easier to watch a game after 14, 15 beers with, with a tracer <laughs> than no tracer. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I see uh, the infamous uh, Kevin Barbers is on our chat box. Uh, whenever nice. you want to call in, and we'll start doing some uh, fight picks, sir. Uh, Cam, you want to stick around for the fight picks? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, excellent. All right. Come on, Cam, come on, call in and we'll get started. Uh, while he's doing that, I'm going to go go ahead and flip over to the ground so I can see what the picks are. Um Anybody that's dom- playing, you dominated last week, if I if I'm not mistaken. Well, no, I didn't do very well on the uh, um, picks part, uh, but I the, but I did do really well on the bets. Uh, I turned that uh, one thousand dollars that they give you start off, start off with until about five or six six grand off a couple parlay bets. Uh, so I was pretty happy about that. How's it going, Jay? Hey, Kev, how you doing, boss? 
Good, my friend. How are you? I am excellent. Still pissed off that Dalton can't get his shit together, but but what are you gonna do, uh, right? Oh man, that's a that's a shame. What, what happened? He's not he's is no electric or something. No, no. Apparently, his power is back now, but the internet is out in his entire area, and since the internet is out in his entire area, everyone's on their cell phone, so he can't even get enough uh, enough of a signal to download the app. So oh, he, he he basically can't be here. Hopefully by tomorrow. Um, the Jeez. the reports they kept on giving him were kept on pushing the time back that his internet would become available. So uh, he better be on tomorrow because that's the entire fucking uh, fight companion shit that he does. Um, right. <laughs> all right, but but now we're gonna do picks. Hey, Cammy, you might want to go check your MMA playground thing. I have a there's a screen on there where I can check and see if people have made their picks, and yours is ninety two percent correct uh, finish, uh, which means I, you probably you which means I, you probably missed hitting. Oh, okay, okay, you caught that good. Yeah, because yeah, normally they added, I, the, they added the, uh, the the guy that was bumped last week. They added uh, Kevin Holland fight, so that's that's where I wasn't had. had oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I see you're at hundred percent now. I, I pick Saturday morning, so I'm not worried about that. And it looks like we got a whole bunch of people that need to pick their shit tomorrow morning. <laughs> I got my right. picks in. All right. That's what I want to hear. Okay, Kev uh, and Cammy, let's get started. I'm going to switch over to the uh, screen where it shows the different fights, and we'll uh, go from there. Nice to meet you, Camden. You too, brother. How are you? I'm good, my friend. How are you? Not bad, man. Not bad. Got uh, the hockey match on. I'm watching the PGA Championship online and uh, and talking to you guys. So couldn't get much better. No doubt. That's living the dream right there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, uh, honestly speaking, someone else might want to do this because we all know how bad I am at pronouncing people's names. But I'll do if it. you guys, all right, there we go. So uh, we'll start from the first preliminary and we'll work our way up. Uh, go ahead, Kev. All right, I'll say the matchups. You give your um, you give your prediction, and then you pass it to me like you always do. All right, excellent. All right, so our first fight, our curtain jerker of the night, we get Ali I Kaisi versus Erwin Rivera. Who do you got, Jay? All right, well, um, I've never heard of either person. I'm going to have to do more research before I do my official picks. Uh, but Ali, his nickname is the Royal Fighter, and the other guy's nickname is the Beast. So I'm going to go with the Royal Fighter just because it's a more unique nickname. Uh, there's about 80 people whose nickname is the Beast. So I like the original guy. I'm going to go with Ali. How about you, Kev? No doubt. I've actually never heard of this Ali Al Kaisi guy, but Erwin Rivera, I did see him in his last fight versus Jika Chikatse, and he's a tough Mexican, so I'm going to have to go with the tough Mexican with the UFC experience, Erwin Rivera. Excellent. How about you, Cammy? I'm going to go with Erwin Irvin Rivera, too, in a, in a unanimous decision. All right. Oh, you're getting even more complex. You're going to pick out the method as well. All right, Kev, who do we got next? All right, so our next fight is Yusef Zalai versus Peter Barrett. Jay, uh, who do you have in this matchup? All righty. Uh, once again, I'm going to go by their nicknames. Uh, Yusuf has the nickname of the Moroccan Devil, and I've heard that nickname at least four different times, while Peter Barrett has the nickname of Slippery Pete. That's just a fucking awesome nickname. I'm going with Peter. How about you, Kev? All right. Well, Slippery Pete, he's actually a local guy uh, from the New England area. Um, he was on the Contender Series. He looked really good. He's got a lot of upside, but this guy... Yusef Salai, he looked like a freaking killer in his last fight against Jordan Griffin, and Jordan Griffin has a lot of UFC experience. So, unfortunately, I'm not going to go with the local guy, Peter Barrett. I'm going to go with Yusef Salai. 
That makes sense. How about you, Cammy? I, I can't bet on anybody named Slippery Pete. I got to go with the <laughs> Rockin' Double. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do we got next, Kev? All right. We have Justin the Guitar Hero Janes against Gavin Governor Tucker. Who do you got in this matchup, Jay? God, they're just making this shit hard. Those are both horrible fucking nicknames. <laughs> I don't even, you know what? I'm going to go with Galvin Tucker because Lee's governor isn't as fucking silly as Guitar Hero. How about you, Gavin? <laughs> yeah, Gavin Tucker, he came into the UFC with a lot of hype and he won his first fight. He looked really good. And then he ran into a buzzsaw. Well, it wasn't really a buzzsaw, it was more kind of just a grind. Uh, he fought against Rick Glenn. And um, it was actually one of the most one-sided beatdowns you'll ever see in the UFC. And uh, but Gavin Tucker stood in there tough. So I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have to go with Gavin Tucker because I feel like Justin James. I haven't seen a lot of him. He is very experienced. He has 20 fights, but um, I think he's just got uh, you know he's got a big punch that Gavin Tucker has to stay away from. But I mm-hmm. think if Gavin Tucker can stick and move and not get beat down as bad as he did in that um, that that Rick Glenn fight. I think he's going to get the W. Nice. How about you, Cammy? What do you got? Justin James for me in a uh, unanimous decision. All right. All right. Uh, Kev, what's next? All right. So our next fight we have, I'm trying to find where I can read it off of that has the nickname. So I'm kind of jumping around. Um, Most, if you go to the MMA uh, uh, playground site, they have their nicknames there as well. Oh, all right, I'll do that right after this matchup. All right, so we have Andrew El Durte Sanchez against Wellington, the prodigy, Terman. Who do you got in this matchup, Jay? Well, that's interesting because on the website that I'm looking at, they don't have that as his nickname. Uh, Wellington Thurman's uh, nickname is Fofo, or whatever the hell that is, F-O-F-O-A. <laughs> huh. So, so I, I'm not sure about that one. However, uh Wellington Thurman sounds like he should have the third at the end of his name. Um, and he's probably from old money and has never worked a day in his life. Because <laughs> that certainly sounds like a rich person's name. So I'm going to go with Andrew Sanchez. How about you, Kev? Okay. Yeah, Andrew Sanchez, he has a lot of UFC experience. He's had some good wins. He's had some bad losses. Uh, Wellington Thurman, I don't know if that is his nickname or not, the prodigy. But I do not think he's the prodigy. I mean, come on uh, the, the prodigy was BJ Penn, so I don't know if this is, uh, you know, fake news or, you know, I don't know what the, the method behind this madness. But he did look good in his last fight versus uh, Marcus Perez, and I think very highly of Marcus Perez. He's a very sneaky guy. But, um, you know, even though I don't like Wellington Terman's nickname, I'm going to have to go with him because Andrew Sanchez, he just, I don't know, he, he kind of gets tired a lot. He kind of stands up straight. Uh, that I don't like. I think Wellington Terman's going to have a little bit more movement than him. I think he's a little bit more well-rounded, and I think he's going to get the dub. All righty. How about you, Cammy? I'm going Dirty Sanchez. My Like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, my wife and I binged all the Tufts, and we saw the one with him. And he's going to, I think, take Thurman to the ground and just smother him and lay on him for three rounds and, and get a unanimous decision out of it. All right. That makes sense. So what's next, uh, Kev? All right, so our next fight is two guys with no nicknames, so good luck, Jay. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, so we got Nas. <laughs> they do have some interesting names. Well, the first guy does. Nasrod Hakbaras versus Alex Munoz. 
Who are you going to go with, Jay? Or are you just going to start making up nicknames at this point? I'm just going to start. No, I think that'd probably be a poor idea. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Nazrat just because it looks like he actually has a history in the UFC already. Uh, the other guy, Alex Munoz, is not listing any of his fights. So, um, and while Nazrat's lost his last fight, he won the three before that. So uh, we're going to go with Mr. Nazrat, I believe. How about you? All right, listen, I like your assessment, Jay. I like where you're coming from with Nasra. He did look good in those those three wins. And then he ran into a a, a rising, uh, developing, um, you know, I, I don't really know another word I can say but this, but, uh, but, but what the fuck is his name? Uh, Drew Dober. I mean, Drew Dober's yeah. coming out of nowhere, and he's, he's getting these big wins over these rising guys. I mean, he beat Alex Hernandez. Uh, yeah, Alexander Hernandez in his, in his last fight as well. Uh, so, you know, that's, I guess it's not really a, a bad loss for Nasra, but I do like this Alex Munoz guy. He trains with the alpha males, team alpha male. I think, the, I think it's still team alpha male. Um, I think so, yeah. yeah, he trains with those guys and he looked, you know, he, he got a, he got a scrappy win over, uh, Nick Newell. Um, they were trying to set up Nick Newell to maybe possibly get in the UFC. Um, you know, the guy with the one arm, it would have been cool right. to see a guy in the UFC with one arm. But he ran into Alex Munoz, and Alex Munoz kind of beat him up. And then in his next fight, he fought on the uh, the looking for a fight, uh, and he beat Troy Lampson. And Dana White was very impressed with him, so <clears throat> so he gave him a contract. And I'm gonna have to go with the upset. I'm gonna have to go with Alex Munoz. I think he's gonna maybe uh, catch a catch a you know possibly a guillotine, or I think he's gonna use his wrestling, and I think he's gonna get that W. All righty. How about you, Cammy? What do you got? I'm going for uh, Nasrat. Uh, I really have no clue who either of these guys were, but I see on my sports book he's a 240 favorite. Bet bet 100 mm-hmm. or bet 240 to bring back 100. Right. So I'm going with Nasrat as the favorite. All right, that makes sense. Uh, what's next, Kev? All right, listen, we have a very interesting matchup in our next fight. Uh, if you, if anybody follows NJ Betting Guru New on Instagram, he's one of my good buddies. He is a MMA handicapper. He does very well, and he's been getting a lot of MMA guys to. Um, he's been paying these guys to give them give him a shout out on their Instagram page, and um, he, he's had some big names so far. He's had Chris Weidman, former UFC champ. He had he's he actually had Darren Till drop one today. Uh, he's had Bryce Mitchell do one, Luis Pena, Caitlin Chukagan, and our new the newest uh, addition to his squad. He calls it is Kevin the Trailblazer Holland, who was actually giving away his, um, his, his fight hat from his last fight, as well as his mask that he came out with. I thought the mask was a cool idea at first, but then I kind of like thought that was kind of disgusting. But Kevin <laughs> Holland is going against Joaquin Buckley. Who do you have in this matchup there, Jay? Oh, geez. Uh, I got to go with Kevin Holland. Uh, for one thing, he's the only one, only one of the two that has a nickname, uh, and if you look at the win loss record, um, he he just has bigger wins. Really, um, their their yeah. their rec- their records are fairly similar: seventeen and five, or and ten and two. Uh, but Holland just has fought better people, so I'm going to go with him. Yep. Yeah. And how about sure. you, sir? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Kevin Holland as well. I haven't seen much of Joe Quinn Buckley. I know he got a big win in his in his last fight in the LFA, and he is called in on short notice to take on Kevin the Trailblazer Holland. Uh, Kevin Holland looked like killer in his last fight against, uh, uh, I forgot the guy's name, something Hernandez, not Alexander Hernandez, another guy. Um, but he looked very good in that fight. Uh, and like you said, he's been fighting some high-level competition. 
So I'm going to have to go with Kevin Holland by possibly first round submission. All righty. How about you there, Cammy? Kevin Holland, uh, he's a four to one favorite. Uh, I know he's chomping at the bit from being uh, canceled last week when his uh, opponent, or was it two weeks ago, his opponent fainted going to the ring, if, if that's fine, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that second round submission by Holland. All right. What's next, Kev? All right. So our next fight, we got Tim, the Dirty Bird Means, against Loriano or Loriano Pepe Staropoli. Who are you going to go with this, in this matchup there, Jay? Oh, geez. Let me look at their records here. Let me pop on over there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm going to go with Tim Means just because I like his nickname. Uh, he's a fighter that I recognize, so which is you know the first one really uh, that, I, that I know fairly well from this one. Uh, he's got an interesting record, 29 and 12. Um, and, and he tends to win and lose, win and lose. His last fight was lost, so he's due for a win. So I'm going to go for Tim Means. Hmm. How about you, Kev? So, mm-hmm. yeah, so this guy, Loriano Staropoli, he came into the UFC with a lot of hype. He fought uh, Hector Adana, who was a very tough dude. Uh, he didn't finish him, but he looked, you know, he looked okay. He got the W. And his next fight, he fought Tiago Alves, which which was a pretty good win. He, you know, he beat he beat a, uh, a tough, scrappy vet, Tiago Alves. And then he ran into a buzzsaw, and Muslim Salikov, who's been actually looking very good Lately, he got a win over Alizu Delaski in his last fight. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Tim the Dirty Bird Means. I still, I think he still has enough left in the tank. I think he's scrappy enough. And uh, and I'm not going to go with this new blood just yet in Star Poli. I'm going to go with Tim the Dirty Bird Means. All righty. I see Dawson on the chat box thinks Means' uh, best days are behind him. Uh, since we both just picked him, let's hope not. Cammy, who do you got? I'm going to make it unanimous. I'm going with Means. He's a slight underdog. Um, I think he'll do enough to eke out a decision. Okay. All righty. All right. Who we got next, Kev? All right. So our next fight, we have Benil Benny Darush versus Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman. I think I know who you're going to go with based on nicknames. But who do you got, Jay? <laughs> oh, obviously, it's going to be Scott Holtzman. Um <laughs> Who's, who's actually been doing pretty good lately. He, uh, he beat Jim Miller, which is uh, a uh, feather in pretty much anybody's fucking hat. Um, mm. So, you know, that's, that's, that's just a great win. Although I know, uh, you know, Jim is getting a little older. He's not, his best days are probably behind him as well. But he, that's still a quality win for basically anybody. So I'm going to go with Scott Holtzman. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going to have to uh, listen. Don't cut out Jim Miller just yet. Jim Miller's actually, uh, he's having a, quite a resurgence uh, in his career, uh, he had a huge win over Roosevelt Roberts in his last fight. Uh, yeah, I just wanted cool. to bring that. To, yeah, Jim Miller's actually been looking, even though he lost to the Holtzman. Um, he's been looking pretty good there, Jim Miller. But, anyways, back to the matter at hand. Um, you know, Benil Darush, he's been looking very good. He beat, um, uh, he had a very good win in his last fight. Um, he had beaten Drakkar close and he finished him. It was a back and forth fight. Uh, he was actually hurt pretty bad, and then he finished Drakkar close with an overhand left, which is very impressive. But man, there's just something about Scott Holtzman that—that's you know he, he's he's 36, but you know he he started MMA really late, and uh, man, he's got one of the best chins in MMA that I've witnessed so far. He's taken a lot of shots. Um, I don't think Benny Darushkin is going to be the one to you know polish off that chin of his. 
Um, I would love to see Holtzman get the dub, but I have a feeling that Darush is going to get it done. So right. I'm happily going to go with Darush. <laughs> All right. How about you, uh, Cammy? I lost money betting against Darush last time. I won't make the same mistake this time, even though he came in four pounds heavy. Um, and there's some stat out there that says people that come in heavy lose over 50%, or like 58% of the fights. Wait, so wait, wait a minute. In, who, who came in heavy? Uh, Darush came in four pounds oh, heavy. Sh- Holy really? Because that's funny. I thought I thought I saw a completely different stat. I thought I read somewhere that seventy six percent of the people that don't make weight win their fight. I, I, I although I, I guess I'd have to <laughs> go ahead, Cammy. I could source something. I said some fifty eight or some percentage that they actually lose if they don't make weight. No, I, I, I think. I think. I think I think it's the other way around. The only reason I know this is because my friend Roxy, almost every single time she's lost a fight, it's because the other person came in un, uh, overweight, um, and to the, to the point where I I've gotten so disgusted with it, I, I flat out say, if you can't make weight, you're fucking cheating, you know, because you're giving yourself mm-hmm. an unfair advantage. Uh, but I could be wrong. I'd have to go look up the stats again. But I was fairly sure, sure. I saw something like that. But anyway, so you're going to go with uh, Dalarouche. Dal- yeah, I'm going to go Darush with a second round. Uh, actually, I'm going to go first round submission. Nice. Mm. All right, well. Kev, who do we got next? In our next fight, we have Yana Foxy Kuniskaya, who is actually uh, Tiago Santos's either wife or girlfriend. I think girlfriend. Oh. But, yeah, she is taking on Julija Stolyarenko. Oh, boy, that's a mouthful. <laughs> what do you got on that one, Jay? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Yana just because she actually has a record. This other person, they're not even showing any of her fights. Um, mm. And once again, we're looking at another fighter that tends to win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, at least in her last couple fights. She lost her last fight against uh, Aspen Ladd, so I think she's due for a win. So I'm going with Yana. Mm. How about you, Kev? Interesting. Yeah, Aspen Ladd, she, you know, she's tough. So for... Uh, Giannis Kuniskaya to take her to the third round and get finished, you know, I guess it can go either way, whether it be good or bad. Um, but Julija Stolarenko, I haven't seen much of her, but I see here that she was a former Invicta champ, so she's coming in with a little bit of momentum. And, um, man, Yuna Kuniskaya, she just hasn't impressed me at all, um, you know, at all. She fought Marion Renault and she beat she beat Marion Renault, which is actually a halfway decent win, even though Marion Renault is like almost fifty years old. Uh, Lena Landsberg, another girl that's almost like I think she's like forty. Um, so she has two wins in the UFC with over women that are almost in their forties. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Julija Stolarenko though. I like the momentum that she's coming in with Invicta, and I think she's gonna be hungry for that that first UFC win. So all right, fair, fair enough. How about you, Cami? So just real quick on what we were talking about, about missing weight. Here are the stats from 2018, 17, and 16. Okay. In 2018, seven of the nine fighters who didn't make weight won. In -hmm. 2017, it was 11 to 10 fighters that didn't make weight won. And in 2016, it was nine to 10 fighters who didn't make weight won. So right there, you're probably looking at about a 55, 56%. uh, percentage of fighters who didn't make weight one. That's just mm, okay. that's that's up to 2018. Right, right. I I think uh, it sounds from what I understand the last couple of years the stats have skewed more toward the uh, win side. But of course that doesn't actually mean anything as you've just shown. It varies so much from year to year that it might not mean anything at all. Uh, but regardless, what you got? For this? Uh, 
so I've got uh, Kuniskayev. She's uh, almost a two-to-one favorite. Um, I think she'll do enough to get the unanimous decision. All righty. Who's next, Kev? So in our next fight, we have Darren, the dentist, Stewart versus Maki. Hold on. Let me get his nickname here. Coconut Bombs Patolo. So who are you going to go oh. with in that one, Jay? Oh fuck! Like we even have to fucking ask. I've seen he's he's been, he's been on a uh, one of the other fights we were picking, and I will never pick against Coconut Bombs. Not to mention Darren Stewart stole someone else's fucking nickname. He's not the de- he's not the dentist. He's not the dentist at all. We all know who that is. So uh, jo- Josh Near, I believe, is the guy's name, correct? Yes. See, hey, old school stuff. Uh, so I'm going to pick Coconut Bombs. Who do you got, Kev? Listen, Darren Stewart, he came into the UFC looking really bad. And then he hit a couple of these uh, fights where he started looking really good. And I almost became a fan of him. Um, And then I bet on him versus Edmund Shabazi, and and he lost, which I was very disappointed in. But, like I said, he got two good wins over Bavon Lewis and uh, and Darren Wynn. And then I see here that he went to Cage Warriors, which is weird. And he he fought Bartosz Fabinski. And uh, and now he's back in the UFC off a loss, which kind of baffles me. It kind of makes me wonder what the hell happened there. Um, so that's the story on Darren Stewart. Maki Batulo, this guy's a very interesting cat. He fought Callan Potter, who I think is one of the worst UFC fighters I think I've ever witnessed step inside <laughs> the UFC cage. And he freaking lost to him, which was insane. This was at 170 pounds. And then he went up in weight at, uh, to 185, and he fought Charles Bird. And Charles Bird was... Almost a two to one favorite, and um, you know sometimes sometimes the, the the weight that the weight classes and the weight cuts really affect these guys because Maki Patulo came in at middleweight and, and put a beat down on Charles Bird. So I mean I, I I don't have a good read on this fight. I'm gonna go with Maki Patulo because uh, you know if he if he can come in as a killer like he did against Charles Bird, then he's gonna win this fight. Um, Darren Stewart also holds a finish over um, Charles Bird as well. Um, but, you know, that, that loss to Callum Potter really worries me that Maki Batulo had. Uh, but I feel like this new weight class, uh, I, I feel like he's going to get it done. I seen him at the weigh-in. He was very intense. Uh, sometimes that can, you know, go against a fighter. But I'm going to go with the momentum. I'm going to go with Maki Patolo. All right. Excellent. Cammy, who do you got for this one? So I think we're going to have a Piper's Pit moment from the night from the early '80s when uh, <laughs> Snooka got coconut bombed from Piper, Roddy Piper. <laughs> I, think, I think Patolo is going to coconut bomb uh, Darren Stewart and uh, and stuff bananas in his face after he's down the canvas. I first round TKO <laughs> by the coconut bomb. Hello, uh, funny dude. All right, Kev, who do we got next? We have Chris, the All-American Weidman, making his 185-pound return. Uh, hungry for a win, Chris Weidman, against Omari Wolverine Akhmedov. Who do you have in this matchup, Jay? Oh, geez. Um, God, yo, I can't pick uh, uh, Weidman. I just can't do it. He's He's been so horrible lately. Yo. Lost, he's only yeah. won one out of his last four. One, actually, one out of his last six, I suppose. While, uh, while and while I haven't been following Omari, uh, looking at his record here, he's got four wins in a row. Um, yep. 
at least with at least two of them being quality names, uh, Tim Bosch and uh, Zach Cummings, I think it is. So and, uh, and Ian Heinish, solid. Yeah, one. yeah, that's a good win as well. So I'm going to go with uh, Omari. Who do you got there, sir? Man, even though you know Omari Abmedov is 20 and four, he's no slouch. He's got some good wins. Chris Weidman has to win this fight. Chris Weidman is a former UFC champion with two or three defenses, with wins over fucking Anderson Silva when Anderson Silva was, you know, right before he started fading. I mean, just for a UFC, you know, uh, just just the investment that UFC has made in Weidman, you know, being that he's been a champion, this is a crossroads fight. I mean, he has to win this fight. If he doesn't win this fight, then I mean, I really don't know where Wyman goes from here. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Wyman gets it done in the first round. He gets him. He gets the takedown on Omari. Fucking passes guard. Gets the arm. Gets the head. First round. Head and arm choke. Chris Wyman. All righty. Um, how about you, Cami? So Wyman used to be one of my favorite fighters, but I, I think he's just a little bit past it as. Omari stands over his unconscious body. He's going to say, good, fuck him. I think a first-round uh, TKO by, by Omari. Ah, right on, right on. All right, that leads us up to our main event. Who do you got uh, there, Kev? The main event, we have Derek the Black Beast Lewis versus Alexi the Boa Constrictor Alanik. You got two very interesting nicknames here, Jay. I know this is going to be a tough one. But who the fuck do you got? Uh, you know, this is a hard one because on paper you would think uh, uh, the bowl constrictor would be able to win this pretty handled handily. You know, he's got more wins than uh, Derek Lewis has wins and losses combined. Uh, he's been around fucking forever, and he's got some quality wins. You know, um, but on the other hand, uh, Derek Lewis has such fucking power in his hands, and he ha- supposedly has been working on his cardio quite a bit. Uh, we talked yesterday, I think, or the day before yesterday, about him. An interview he did where he said, uh, for the longest time, he was only training for thirty minutes a day, uh, right up mm. until fight, right up until uh, fighting Cormier for the belt. And mm-hmm. once he and once that went poorly for him, he realized that maybe he needed to take it a little more seriously. Uh, from what I understand, he looks in great shape. I haven't checked the weigh-in pictures, but uh, uh, I guess he lost a lot of fat and added a little bit more muscle, which makes him even scarier than before. Uh, I think he's going to win by KO in the second round. Uh, how about you there, Kev? Yeah, that's a solid. Uh, that's a solid prediction, Jay. Uh, you know, and you didn't even really have. You didn't even really use the nicknames. You actually went into some good detail on that one. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, I actually know who these two people are for once. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, um. Listen, this is another tough fight. Uh, listen, when it comes to old man strength, you go with Olenek. When it goes to just brute strength, you go with Lewis. When you go to speed, you go with Lewis. When you go with craftiness, you go with Alenic. Uh, when you go with stand-up, you go with Lewis. When you go with ground game, you go with Alenic. Man, I don't freaking know. I mean, if if Lewis can stay away from these fucking stupid, sneaky-ass submissions that Alenic always seems to pull out of his ass, Lewis is going to dominate this fight. Um, but if he gets lazy for a split second, Olenek is going to wrap something up and fucking take it home with him and put it on his mantle. Uh, I'm going to say Lewis stays away from the submissions, and I- I'm going to say he he throws that big straight right that he throws, and 
I think he's going to throw a straight right. I think he's going to fucking rock him against the cage. I think I think Olenek's going to bounce off the cage. I think he's going to go for a takedown, and fucking Black Beast is going to fucking knee his head into the fucking nosebleeds. And it's going to be first or second round knockout, Black Beast. Oh, that is super duper specific. It'll be fun to see how that works out. Cammy, who do you got for this last one? Three reasons I'm taking uh, Lewis. First one is, uh, like you said, he's in shape, he said, for the first time in his career. Second, his nickname's the Black Beast. And third, he's a Trump guy. Uh, KO in the second round. <laughs> well, alrighty. Well, that's our fight picks for tonight, folks. And it also brings us up to the near the end of the show. Do either of you two have anything you want to cover before we get out of here? Um, I mean, not really. The only I, the only base I'm going to cover is I'm playing baseball tomorrow, so I'm sure I'm going to cover those bases. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's about it. I always want to thank you for uh, giving me the time on the show, and I really appreciate you keeping this going every single day, whether you have someone on or not. And uh, I love it, man. Thank you for the platform, brother. No problem. Thank you for being here, sir. Uh, thank you for being here as well, Cammy. I appreciate uh, your fight picks. It's always fun talking with politics about you. And hopefully Anytime, we'll hear from you next week with your uh, next MAGA report. <laughs> as, long as, I, as long as I'm on this earth, I'll call in on Friday with my report. Excellent. All right. I want to thank the OG Army for showing up. We can't do the show without you. Uh, hopefully we'll have Big Dalton here tomorrow. Uh, if Tenor, if you're around, why don't you call him for the last second so we can finish this up? Um, in the meantime, I'll remind. Oh, go ahead, sir. And if, and, no, if he doesn't, you got to give the two things, the last two things, Jay. You got to do right it. On. Someone's got to right do on. it. Right, right, exactly. Okay, Tenor can't do it, so I'll do it. Okay, so these last two things. Uh, remember that we'll be, uh, if Dalton is back, he'll probably be doing a fight companion tomorrow, so make sure you join us for that. Uh, otherwise, we'll be doing the normal show at 6 regardless. Uh, and the second thing is... Uh, Fuck all y'all. We'll see everyone tomorrow at 6. You guys have a great night. Bye-bye. Peace. Fuck all y'all. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you hippies. <laughs>